part of our worship has to do as well um, about what we give to God. And we, we serve in church and we serve Him and the, the church by, um, we, we give our time, we give our skills, we give resources and everything. But who knows that the Lord actually, He owns everything already. So it's not about what we give to Him, time, resources, skills or whatever. It has more to do with how we give from our hearts. Amen? You're with me so far? You're still full of meat and things? (laughs) Wake up, church! (laughs) Anyway, it's all good. Um, So, it's more about the heart that we give with. So, if, if, um, if we can turn to 2 Corinthians 9 quickly. I'm going to read there 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7 from the New King James Version. And it says, for those with Bibles or you versions, it says there, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So again, it says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart. It means we give with, with obedience. But if you, if you search scriptures, and um, help me write me if I'm wrong, but nowhere in scripture does it say God loves givers. Was that a bit unbiblical? It says, God loves a cheerful giver. Not a giver, a cheerful giver. And the thing is, the difference between a giver and a cheerful one is how far your heart has submitted to God. Make sense? How far your heart has submitted to to God, because who knows that we can obey God, but not submit to Him. Sam, do you have an offering basket quickly for me? So, you can can stand right here. Okay, everyone, this is Sam. (laughs) Sam, this is everyone. (laughs) So, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Obedience. What do they do with the money? Obedience, but I don't in my heart submit to God. But when I give, oh, there's some in there already. Is it yours, son? Huh? <laughs> but if you give with a cheerful heart, and a, a heart full of joy, it means that you have submitted to God. And that's why we give. Not because we have to obey, that as well, but more that it comes from the heart that we give joyfully to God. Because why? When the Lord asks us to do something 
for him, if it's our time, resources, whatever, it's because he has chosen each and every one of us here to help build his kingdom. So it's not giving because we have to. It's giving joyfully because why? We know and we recognize, like, oh, wow, God chose me to help him to expand his kingdom. And with that heart, we give to him. Amen? Make sense? Let's pray. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, for this awesome day, Lord God. And we, we, we thank you, Lord, that you chose us as a church, as believers, Lord God, to help build your kingdom. We thank you for that honor, Lord God. And as a church, Lord, we don't want to be just obedient to you. you want, we want to be obedient, but we want to have joyful obedience, Lord God, because we love you, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that as each of us prepare now our offerings, that while we hold it in your hand, Lord God, that you will bless that and that you will multiply that, Lord God. Yes, Lord, because that is from us to help you, Lord Jesus, to, to glorify your name and to build your kingdom. We thank you for that, Lord, Lord Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, team. You guys can pray. Good morning, everybody. You look like a little boy flies. It's nice to see everyone in church this morning. Oh, Johannes and I were wondering who's going to wake up after all of that meet yesterday, but it was really who enjoyed yesterday. If you weren't here, then we want to invite you. Johannes said we are going to do it every weekend next year, <laughs> but it's going to be a bring and bry. Bring your own meat, bring your own chicken, scarpy, whatever you want to eat. But it's awesome. We don't have any church news today. The only news that I want to share this morning is the good news. Amen. Can you hear me this morning? Okay, fantastic. Not that I need a microphone, but I'm really, I'm really expecting for the Lord to do something in our hearts this morning that if you were here, who were here last week? Who was here last week? Okay, so last week we spoke about faith, and we spoke about how important it is for us as believers to walk a life of faith. And we said what is often a hindrance for us to walk in faith is that we sometimes find ourselves in a place where we lack boldness. Okay, and so we took some time to really pray, and I think everyone came forward last week, and we prayed for boldness. Now I want to ask, who felt bold this week? Okay, three, four of the people that we prayed for. Who is going to feel bold this week? Yeah. Okay, I love that. Because you know what? We said, you know, boldness is not a feeling. We will still feel afraid. And this is something that the Lord has told me. And often I find myself in that place where I still feel afraid. But I have learned to ignore what I feel. And we are going to continue to talk about that today. We are going to continue to talk today about faith, but we are going to talk about another hindrance that I believe can keep us as believers out of that place of walking in faith. 
And it goes a little bit deeper than boldness. It actually goes back to a place of, do we trust the Lord? And I think that's something that all of us can relate to and all of us can agree. Not every era in your life, if you think about it, if you take a moment to think about it, not every area in your life, you're really trusting God. I mean, and I think sometimes this is really something that it seems very foundational. It seems like a topic that is obvious. Well, if I'm a believer, surely I must trust the Lord. You know, why else would I be a believer? But we are going to talk about trust today and what trust looks like. And I feel like what the Lord has been journeying with me about on this topic of trust is that, do you know that you can grow in trust? Do you know that trust is a process? And I honestly believe that the Lord wants to get us to a place where we can honestly release every area of our life knowing that he's going he's gonna to have us. He's going to have our back. Amen? And so I feel like the Lord has really been journeying with me about this thing constantly since we started this church. And I feel like I keep sharing the same testimony, but... Whenever you're honest and I speak to people midweek and we talk to you and we pray with you, we realize that all of us juggle around this topic of trust. That there are certain areas in our lives where we know what the word says, we heard it again on Sunday, we sing about it, but when push comes to shove, it's like, yes, do I really? Is the Lord really going to come through? Does he really care about me? Is his promises really for me or is it only for everyone in the front row? Honey, you're for my back. So I want to talk about that this morning. But why don't I just first pray for us? I feel like I just want to pray. Lord, I thank you for this beautiful day. Father, and as Johannes said, Lord, what an honor it is to be in your house. What an honor it is to worship you freely. To stand in your presence, Lord, and to know that you are with us. And not only are you with us, but to know that you are for us. And Father, I want to pray today, Lord, that you would come and do a deep thing in our hearts. Lord, that you would plant such a deep encouragement and a knowing. I want to pray that all of us will walk out of here today knowing that we know that we know that we know that you are for us. And Lord, your word says, if you are for us, who can be against us? And so I pray, Holy Spirit, that you use my mouth and my words today, Lord, and that you would direct the service as you have from the start. And Lord, that you would have your way in each one of our hearts. And I pray that every seed of the word that falls on the soil of our hearts, Lord, would bear great fruit in our lives. Lord, I pray that we will be known for a ridiculously faithful church. Lord, that we will be known as a people who would walk in faith, not by sight, no matter how bad circumstances get, no matter what's going on in this world, that we will be known for our faith, that we will be known for our trust in an unshakable God who will never leave us and who will never forsake us. And so we thank you, Lord, that you will do what only you can do. And everyone said, Amen. Okay, that was just the introduction. 
Okay, so I want to read one scripture that we read last week, and we spoke about faith. And the reason why I want to read it again is because when I was preparing last week's word, the Lord showed me a sentence that I couldn't let go. And so I thought, okay, we are going to need a whole nother Sunday to talk about this sentence. But why don't you, if you follow a new version, you can follow on your phone. Or if you've got your Bible, turn to Hebrews 11. It's in the New Testament, somewhere in the middle. The book of Hebrews. And we spoke about the chapter of faith. It's called the Hall of Faith. So if there was ever someone in the Bible who did something incredible that had to do with faith, their name would, names would be in this chapter. And last week we spoke about a guy called Gideon and how timid he was. And I felt like if Gideon was a girl, that would be me. And timid and fearful and how the Lord had such patience with him and such grace with him. And he took him from this timid young guy to this incredible, faithful, mighty leader. And that's how the Lord can take us from timid to bold. But today I want to talk about how we go from not trusting to trust. All right, why don't we read again Hebrews 11 verse 1 to 3. And I'm reading through the Amplified. Why? Because I love it. It actually explains, for those who do not understand Bible translations, the Amplified actually takes a lot of the original language words and unpacks it so you can understand what the term means. And I love, if you're a teacher, you know, you love just 100 explanations for the same thing. I mean, okay, first one. Now, faith is the assurance, the title deed and confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen. In other words, a conviction of their reality. And then verse 2 says, faith comprehends as fact. I love this. Faith comprehends as fact. It's not a wishy-washy idea. It's not wishing and hoping. It's fact. Okay, if we believe this, this is fact. What cannot be experienced by our physical senses. For by this kind of faith, the men of old gain divine approval. And verse 3, and this is where we are going to park today. By faith, that is an inherent trust. Everyone say trust. An enduring confidence in the power, wisdom, and goodness of God. That is what I want to talk about today. Do we have a trust and a confidence in the power, the wisdom, and the goodness of God? Because essentially that is what it comes down to. We have to believe in God's power. In other words, He is who He says He is. He's not a genie in a bottle. He's the God and the King of the universe. I have to believe in His wisdom, which means I have to look at this word and believe that the Lord, if He gives me an instruction, that it is actually the best for me. It's not there to punish me. It's not there to limit my life. No, it's the best for me. God's wisdom is the pathway to blessing. God's wisdom is the pathway to righteousness. God's wisdom is the pathway to walk in everything that he's got for me. But if I don't believe in this wisdom, I'm not going to get onto that path. 
Christmas now obvious here. Or is it? And number three, I have to have confidence in the goodness of God. You'll notice every song that we sang today spoke about the goodness of God. And I want to talk about that today because if we have the wrong doctrine, what is doctrine? Doctrine means what do I believe? How do I interpret this book? If I have a doctrine that God is not good, I cannot expect to trust Him. I cannot expect to walk in faith. And I cannot expect to receive what He has for me. And do you know how many believers I have spoken to? And when I listen very carefully, you know when you talk to someone, you don't listen to what they say. You listen with your heart as to what they are saying. And often when I, what I hear in believers is that actually the truth is they don't believe God is good. And this is sometimes where, we, where the problem of trust comes in. If my foundation doctrine is that God is actually, I don't know if he's a good God, then everything else falls off of that shaky foundation. Does that make sense this morning? So if there's one thing I want to leave you today, and even if you have to repeat it until you believe it, is that God is good. This goes, it sounds foundational, but it goes so deep. We have to believe that he's good. It doesn't matter what our circumstances are. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. We don't have time to go into the theology of good and evil, free will. God gave a decision. God gave wisdom. Man decides to disobey. Man decides to go into rebellion. Now everyone wants to blame God, and God says, but I gave you the choice. I mean, everyone wants to blame the Lord, and he's like, but I gave you the choice. I said in Deuteronomy 28, is it? It says, I give you a choice. Choose life or choose death. And that's why sometimes I think the gospel is actually not that complicated. As a jyre sê, moenie hierdie doen nie, dis wat gaan gebeur, then sometimes we still find ourselves doing it, thinking we're going to get a different result than what he said. And sometimes I'm astounded. And, you know, the same goes for me. Don't think because we are pastors we don't make mistakes. Thank you for no one saying amen. Ons weet waar jylle bly. Okay, so what is trust? We want to talk about trust this morning. What is trust? You know I love a good definition. In case we don't know what trust is, trust is an assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, and truth about someone or something. A reliance on the character, the strength, and the truth. I think that's really powerful. One in whom confidence is placed, hope or expectation. I need my two models, Jock, Stefan, could you kindly come to the front? We're going to do a little exercise. Okay, you know when you, who works in the corporate world? Have they ever done, you know, these, these glorious team building exercises? Okay. You know, they always do the trust exercise with you. 
We did it this morning with our team. Why? Because we want our team to understand that even when we are a team, if we don't have trust, if we don't trust one another, who knows we're not going to be able to walk in unity. We're not going to be able to achieve our purpose and our plan and our mission for today like a Sunday service. If Stefan doesn't trust Jock and Jock doesn't trust Stefan, they are not going to be able to accomplish what they need to accomplish. So I said to Jock this morning, do you trust Stefan? Yeah, yeah. I said, okay, we're going to test it. And even this morning, we did it with Nadia in the sound team. And he also said, no, I, I would rather fall. I trust Stefan. So Stefan, this is a very good testimony. Everyone believes Stefan is very trustworthy. So we're going to test it this morning, Jock. You're going to stand facing the wall. Stefan's going to stand behind you, but you must give him enough space to fall, eh? Didn't you? Let's not, let's not go there. Okay. So, Jock, I'm going to count to three, and you're going to fall, and you're going to trust Stefan is going to catch you. Okay, let's count them down. Stefan, give him a bit of space. Let's have a bit of Okay, one, two, three. Okay, let's switch. Stefan, do you trust Jock? Stefan, do you trust him? With your life? Jock, give us a bit of space. Okay, count him down. One, two, three. <laughs> Jock gave him a little bit of space. Awesome, thanks. Let's give them a hand. Thanks, guys. I love that exercise, and I know we always do it in a corporate setting, but, you know, who sometimes feels like that when you have to step out in faith? In your journey with the Lord. I've honestly felt like that, obviously not just with our church plan, but that was a huge step of faith for us. And I was honestly, many times in my journey, I've said to the Lord, yes, Yere, I know what the word says, but will you really be there? If I jump, will you catch me? Who sometimes feel like you, faith is like jumping off a cliff. You jump into the unknown, and actually we should have blindfolded them, so he, does, he shouldn't know that there's someone behind him. Because that's what faith is. It's like a blindfolded step. You don't even know where that foot is going to land. Again, for those of us who love to plan, those of us who love to forecast, I know there's more of you, those of us who love to figure things out, it's in the way of faith. It is something that can block us to walk in that ridiculous faith journey of just trusting. And this morning, I honestly want to encourage us, myself included, to go to a deeper level of trust with the Lord. And you know what it's going to take? It's going to take a decision. And that's why I spoke about feelings earlier, because sometimes we rely so much on our feeling. I don't feel like I can trust. I don't feel like he's going to be there. Well, your feelings, you have to start ignoring those. Because feelings are fleeting. I feel this way this morning. I feel this way this afternoon. Where's all the ladies at? 
I don't know how I'm going to feel tomorrow. I don't know how I'm going to feel this afternoon. Johannes moet nie om in haar Okay, so why is trust important? I forgot to say this. Why is trust important? Because trust is the foundation to every single relationship. I remember when Johannes and I started dating, he said to me, I just want to make one thing very clear. I think even when we were still friends, he was telling me this. I was slightly confused. He was so serious. He said to me, do you trust me? I was like, well, you know. At that stage, he was rescuing girls from, you know, human trafficking. So I, that sounds pretty trustworthy. But I needed to get to know him to know if I can trust him. I needed him to prove to me that I can trust him. And I remember him being very clear to me. And he said to me, if you are not going to trust me in this relationship, we are going to have problems. And I don't deal with people who don't trust. I did not serve my he was very serious about trust. And I understand why. Even though I thought, yes, see, it's beginning But when we trust someone, what does that mean? When I trust someone, it means that I'm actually opening myself up to go to a place of risk. It means I'm opening myself up to a place of vulnerability. Ne? It means I rely on that person to do the right thing, that I believe in their integrity to the place where I'm willing to put myself at risk. That's what trust really is. And when there is trust, who knows that we feel safe? Did you feel safe knowing that he's standing behind you and he will catch you? Yeah, he says he believes he does. Okay, Jock felt safe knowing Stefan's going to be there to catch him. We feel secure. We know that this person will have our back no matter what. It's a wonderful, wonderful feeling to, to know that I can trust someone. We know they have our best interests at heart. We can rely on them to have our backs. We can be open. We can be vulnerable. And you know what? There's also peace and love in that relationship. But what happens when we don't have trust? When someone breaks our trust, it's actually the complete opposite. Then that peace turns into stress. That stress turns into fear. That fear turns into insecurity. I don't know. I don't know. And then when I feel like that, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can trust them. I don't know. I don't know that I believe they have my best interests at heart. I don't believe what they say or what they do. Then these walls start to come up. And then we go into that place where we protect ourselves. Because we don't trust. I erect those walls myself, and I withdraw from people. I withdraw from the church. You know how many people do not trust the church? Do you know how many people get hurt in church, and then they do not trust anyone in the church? And the sad reality is that, and I say this to our team all the time, they know. Johannes and I are going to disappoint you at some point. Johannes and I are going to irritate you at some point. But God is the one that is always going to be stable. So do not put your trust in people alone. Anyway, I'm running ahead of myself. But when there is no trust, peace turns to stress. 
Stress turns to fear. Fear turns to insecurity. It breaks intimacy and fruitfulness. And we go into bad behavioral patterns of self-protection, isolation, and withdrawal. And that is actually not God's heart for us. It's not where he wants us to operate. And when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, we can find ourselves often in the same place. We can find ourselves in a place where maybe there's many things we believe about the Lord. There's many things that we believe, yes, His word is true, but then there's that one area. Yeah, I don't know if I could trust the Lord yet in that area. I could trust Him over here, that's fine. But finance, you're, I don't, I don't know. I'll trust the Lord with my time, I'll serve a church, but... I don't trust him with my bank account. I don't trust him in a relationship. I don't trust that he'll come through for me here or here or here. And I think that is honestly something that the Lord wants to challenge us, but also grow us in. Because he wants us to believe who he says he is. He wants us to believe in his power and his wisdom and his goodness. And I found myself in a place where literally when we started this church, we had so many prophetic words. We had so many words. I had a diary full, all these promises. It was honestly amazing. And when we got here, we started to look for the building and we started to do the practical stuff of now living out this beautiful word that we have. Who knows there's time in the mix. When you receive a word from the Lord or you receive a promise from the Lord, we always want it to happen faster than often what the Lord does or how he moves. And I remember at one stage, I can't remember if it was when we were looking for the building or we just found the building or it was somewhere in that first year when we came to Namibia. And we only launched a year after. We thought we were going to launch that first year. And I remember I'm a doer and Johannes has this quiet trust. He knows God will move. He, he'll do his part, but he won't fret. What is the Afrikaans word for fret? He won't be like this. I'm this one. Okay? I have a to-do list, and, you know, I will help the Lord to make it happen. I'm gladly. I'm the worker bee. Just give me an innings, Lord, and I'm willing to add to the uh, motion. I'm willing to contribute so we can get there quicker. And I remember having three dreams. I don't dream necessarily a lot. Johannes is more the dreamer between the two of us. And I remember I had three dreams and I wrote them all down and prayed about it. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me about my self-trust and my self-effort. And I was so shocked because I didn't actually think that that was where I was at. I thought to myself, but I trust the Lord. The fact that I moved here showed my trust, didn't it? And the Lord said, but can you trust me every single step of the way? Can you trust me to make the next step in the timing that I wanted to happen and for you to just rest in that? You do what I tell you to do. Don't try and do my job. Do I have any witnesses here that sometimes you, and I know there's many of the ladies here. We love to offer a Holy Spirit junior position to the Lord. We are willing. <laughs> Joyce Meyer speaks about Holy Spirit junior. Who wants to be Holy Spirit junior? We want to help. 
We want to, and you know what the Lord once said to me? I was praying about you, honest. <laughs> I was praying about something and the Lord said to me, I'm in the way. I'm in the way because sometimes we have such a, a trust in ourselves, such a trust in our own abilities. It's not wrong to have confidence. It's not wrong to know what you are called to do and to move in what God has given you. But we have to know when to wait. We have to know when to trust the Lord, to put down our gear and to allow the Lord to do what only He can do. There are doors sometimes that some of us are trying to push open and the Lord says, I am the only one who can open that door. And I'm the only one that can close that door. And so the Lord had to really speak to me about self-trust and self-ability. And honestly, this is an ongoing battle for me, especially in church. I love the church. I've always wanted to work in the church. And so where your passion is can also be your biggest challenge. And sometimes your biggest struggle with the Lord, because now I have to totally sometimes take my hands off and trust that the Lord will do what he said he will do. Sometimes we need to just go back to the place of prayer and trust that God can make happen what we can actually, we think we can, but we can never actually make it happen. Sometimes we try and push open doors and God says the only way that it will actually ever open is when I am allowed to do what I need to do. Amen? When we're in a place where we do not trust God, it's actually impossible for us to step out into faith. And this is where the tricky thing comes in between faith and works. Amen. If you've got your Bible, why don't you go to Isaiah 26? It's in the Old Testament, somewhere after the Psalms. The Psalms. Isaiah 26, verse 3 to 4. And I'm going to read again from the Amplified. It says this. It says, you will keep in perfect and constant peace. Everyone say peace. Peace. You will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you in both inclination and character because he trusts and takes refuge in you. Because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. Do you know, I think one of the reasons, and I've noticed it in myself, when I get to a place of stress, anxiety, insecurity, and fear, and I take time to just be quiet with the Lord to understand why am I freaking out? Why am I fretting right now? What is the, what is the issue here? It often leads me back to this place where I know I'm actually not putting the trust in the Lord for this situation. I'm actually finding myself in a place where I don't have peace because I'm not trusting in the Lord. Again, it seems obvious, but how many times do we get ourselves at a place where we're just not at peace? We're freaking out. We're fretting. We're stressing. We're trying to make plans in the natural. And the Lord says, well, why don't you just trust me? What does that mean? It means I let it go and I give it to you and then perfect peace will come. Because how many times we come forward and we're like, can you pray for peace, pray for peace? 
I love praying for people for peace. Bible says we have the mind of Christ, the peace that surpasses all understanding. But that scripture says that peace, perfect and constant peace. Who wants to be in constant peace? As you need volney, this picky weird. Okay, constant peace comes when we let go. Let go and let God. That beautiful Instagram thing with Amal quote, let go and let God. Well, this means I have to let go, take my hands off the steering wheel and trust the Lord that He will take care of it. But we struggle with this idea and that's why many of us do not walk in peace. And that peace actually, perfect and constant peace, that's the word shalom. You know the word shalom means total well-being? It's not just a ah, feeling of peace. It's a total well-being through your entire being. It starts in the mind, but it, my heart is at peace. My body is at peace. My thoughts are at peace. When I learn to just let go. Okay, I trust you. I mean, and I love that, that that scripture speaks about trust in the Lord confidently forever. Oh, it's not finished. Was there another part of that scripture? That's why they're laughing at me. Okay, sorry, verse 4. Trust confidently in the Lord forever. Everyone say forever. For he is your fortress, your shield, your banner. For the Lord is an everlasting rock, the rock of the ages. When you go and do a little bit of cross-referencing, that's why it's great to have a study Bible. They have these little things called A, B, C. When you go and look in the column next to it, it's a gold mine. It leads you back to other little scriptures that speak about the same thing. Just a little Bible study tip because we need to get back to a place of studying the Word of God. And all those terms are terms that David used in the Psalms to describe the Lord and what the Lord has meant to him. He uses military terms to explain things like refuge, a fortress, a shield, a banner. Those are all military terms that suggest supernatural protection and deliverance from the Lord. What, what did you do when you were in battle? Okay, imagine you were in battle. Who was in the army? Okay, Ali, Ali, our I Let's rephrase, all the wiser men, eh? Okay. <laughs> What, what is a fortress? Was a fortress a place where you could go and hide? Was it a place of protection? A place of shielding? Okay, so that's why David used the same term for the Lord. When we go and run to that place of the Lord, of the Lord's presence, of the Lord's word, it's actually a place of safety. It's a place where the Lord can build relationship with us so that we can learn in relationship to trust. Trust is not going to happen just by coming to a Sunday once a week. To a church service on a Sunday. Come to a Sunday. Trust is not going to happen like that. You know, the same way I had to get to know you, Highness, the same way you have to get to know people to, to learn how to trust them, to get to know their character. Are they really who they say they are or are they just, you know, a pretty face on social media? You have to get to know someone. You have to got to, you've got to spend time with someone. And I think one of the reasons why we are also not trusting the Lord is because we don't know Him. You can't trust someone that you don't know. 
Unless you really trust anyone. I don't think that's many of us. Not in this world. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. Everyone knows this scripture. I love it. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. It says, trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all of your heart. Do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Verse 6. In all your ways. Everyone say, all my ways. Know and acknowledge and recognize him. And he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. This is why the Amplified speaks to me big time. How many of us are currently in a season where you feel like something is blocking your way? Is it just me? There is something hindering you from getting to the place where you want to be. Personally, I find nothing more frustrating than an obstacle or a hindrance when I'm ready to steamroll with my list of things to do. Nothing personally more frustrating in my journey. If I can be honest, real honest, this is a huge challenge for me. If I've got a goal, that's why I think even the Lord Johannes is also like that. The Lord, one, one prophet actually said to us, you know why the Lord was not, the Lord's not revealing everything to you guys yet? Because when he does, you will immediately run. You'll not wait. It's like an athletic race. You know, some of those children, they don't wait for the gun to go off. This prophet actually said to Johannes and I, you guys are like horses that has to rather be pulled back rather than wait for them to go. And while, while that is great, sometimes that can also be a problem in our relationship with the Lord. We need to trust in His timing. We need to trust that He knows way better than we do. But the place to get to where the Lord can actually remove those obstacles is we first have to show trust. We first have to take our hands off the steering wheel and sing, Jesus, take the wheel. That word trust means to be confident, to be bold, to be secure, to hope in and to feel safe. And I believe when we are in a crisis situation and we've got a blockage, we've got something preventing us from getting our breakthrough, from getting to the miracle, from getting to the place where we need to be and where we want to be. This scripture says, and I've honestly seen this in my own life, you know what is the biggest thing that gets in the way? Quickly, verse 5 again, Proverbs 3, verse 5. Do not rely on your own insight or understanding. The problem comes in for those of us who likes to run and who likes to go ahead of the Lord. Whenever a crisis situation faces us, the first thing we tend to do is think. We think, we think through our wisdom, we think through what we know, we think through the natural circumstances, we think of the natural possibilities, we think, we think, we think, we think, we think, we think ourselves out of trust and faith. Does anyone relate to that? You think through, especially those of us who, you know, you're quite, you like to reason, you like to look at the facts. You like to project. 
Nee? You like to plan. Those things are great, but we've got to learn how to bring it in sync with the Lord. We've got to learn that balance where we cannot rely on our own insight. We cannot rely on what we think we know. We cannot rely on what we see in the natural. And you know what? I've come to a place where even in lockdown, there's many days where I've said to Johannes, like, I just don't care what is actually going on in the natural. Because if I focus there, and I base my understanding on what the economists are saying. I'm not saying economists are wrong, okay? If I base my facts or what I believe my insights are understanding on, on the scientists, on the economists, on the weather person, on the news anchors, I said belief. <laughs> like we, we live in a supernatural realm. We live... For a God, and we've been created by a God who is, the Bible says, Isaiah 55, his ways are higher than where we are. His thoughts are higher. And the only way we can get above our insights and above our understanding and above our reasoning, above our own projections and what we think we know in our spreadsheets, I love a spreadsheet, but when we get our, our thoughts above that, we can go to a place of trust. We can go to a place of faith. We can believe that this obstacle that is in front of me that is impossible in the natural can shift. It can move. Mountains can move because I'm aligning my thoughts and my understanding to this rather than the facts and the inside and the understanding of this world. Does that make sense this morning? And I know we know this, but the problem comes in when the mountain is in front of us, when the crisis hits, that's a of speaking to particular, or for slutty book too. And then we want prayer, and always we will pray. Prayer is powerful. But I cannot pray you into a place of faith. I can release and impart faith and do all those things. It's beautiful. But each one of us actually has the job to feed our own spirit, to feed our own faith, to believe for yourself that God has got you, that God is who he says he is, and that if he can do it for her, he can do it for me. If he can do it for him, he can do it for me. I can testify all day long, but each one of us have to make that decision in that crisis moment is God going to be bigger than this mountain? There are some things that Johannes and I are staring at right now, and they are mountains. So, they are mountains. And I've just said to him, I have made a decision. I'm just going to trust God. I don't have to. And here's the thing. We don't have to figure out how he's going to do it. Because this is also where we get stuck. I don't believe he can do it because how will he do it? Again, we're back to the place of our own insight. We're back to the place of our own human reasoning. And God will not always, those of us who love to ask why, God, why, and how are you going to, and how we, we have all these questions, he doesn't have to tell us how he's going to do it. And quite frankly, he's probably not going to. <laughs> Who's had a lot of answers on your why questions? He doesn't answer that always. 
And if we're not going to learn how to be okay with that, we're going to have a very difficult walk of faith, quite frankly. Sometimes people come to us and they really are looking for answers. You know, sometimes the Lord shows us something in prayer, but sometimes He doesn't. And this is where trust comes in. You've got to trust Him when He's silent. Because He's already spoken over here. We've got to learn how to trust when He doesn't give us what we want all the time. And this is the hard part, isn't it? <laughs> this is the hard part, but we've got to make a decision to trust. When faith looks at a problem, what should we see? When we look at a mountain, we can either look at the natural, we can look at the problem, we can look at the size of it, we can look at all the ways that it's not going to work. Or we can decide to trust God and to know that even if I don't know, even if I don't have 10 prophetic words, 10 confirmations, you know, five prayers that made me lie on the floor for 10 minutes each, that God still has a plan because I'm his child. God still has a plan because of who he is. God still has a plan because he loves me. God still has a plan because he is good. Even if he doesn't reveal every step to me, even if he doesn't give me the blueprint. The Bible says an inherent trust in the power, the wisdom, and the goodness of God. And so when we find ourselves in a place where the mountain is so big, I've learned and the Lord has taken me back to that place even this year in lockdown, to these three things, to take me back to check my own belief system. And I want you to write this down. Number one, what do I believe about God's power? And this will be a little homework this week. If you're facing a mountain, Check your belief system this week. And if it's good, it's fantastic. Then build on that. But maybe there's an area where the Lord says, I want you to come a little bit deeper in this area because I want to show you my power. I want to show you that you can trust my power over your power. What do I believe about his power? Do I believe he's all-knowing? Do I believe that he sees everything that I'm going through? Do I believe that he knows everything that people do against me that's maybe hurtful, that's maybe wrong, that's maybe causing me pain, but I don't share that with anyone else? Do I know that he's listening? Do I know that... In Afrikaans sê ek lekker dit. Alle mag en alle gesag in die jimmel en op aarde behoort aan Jesus. Besef ek dit. Am I meditating on the fact that, you know, sometimes we can be in this place of, we're so fearful of what the devil will do. But did you know that the devil is defeated? Do we remember that all power belongs to Jesus? If we just sometimes meditate on that, do we know that all of heaven's armies, all of the angels in the heavenly realm can be commanded for you and your situation when we pray and we ask God? That's what the Bible says. Do we know that his word is powerful to demolish strongholds? 
Do we know that his word is powerful, that when I speak his word over the circumstance, the word will accomplish what it is sent forth to be accomplished? It's not will it or will it not, or it's fact. Faith comprehends as fact. So what do I believe about God's power? That's very important. Number two, what do I believe about God's wisdom? And I want to encourage you, if this is an area for you where you're not sure what is God's wisdom, then I want to encourage us, and you know, we call it living word for a reason. Because we believe the word is alive. We believe that the word of God is actually the only authority we live by. We believe that the word of God is the truth. And when we follow this, when we meditate on it, as Psalm 1 says, that we will be blessed. When the Bible speaks about finance, for example, and like Johannes said this morning, and when we are obedient in the things that the Lord says, even if it's so contradictory to the world, we believe that this guideline is there for a reason. We don't believe it's there to punish us. We believe that it is there for our well-being, even if it's contradictory to the world. Even if the world says this is out of date. Nia, yeah, is out of date. <laughs> this is never out of date. This is the rock of eternal eternity, for sure, the rock of all ages. This is never out of fashion. Okay? What do we believe about his wisdom? Number three, what do we believe about his goodness? This is an area where a lot of Christians struggle in. Well, if God is good, then why are these things happening to me? Why, God, why? I heard someone preach the other day, and it stuck by me because I never thought about this. Do you know that when Jesus said on the cross, he said to the Lord as he was being crucified, he said to the Father, why, God, why have you forsaken me? I've never read that the Father answered him in that moment. That was hectic for me to read. I thought to myself, the father didn't answer him when Jesus asked why. And sometimes we ask the question, why, Lord, why? Why did you not come through for me here? And I think sometimes that's also because, did we want the Lord to come through for something in our flesh that we desired in the flesh? Something that, you know, if you're a parent... If your children asks for 10 slabs for breakfast, chocolates, who's going to say no? Ne? I'm a bit concerned. You are going to say no. Not because you want to punish them. Not because you're a bad parent. No, because you know what's best for them. Sometimes we're angry at the Lord. We don't think he's good because he hasn't given us what we wanted. But you know that his interest and his love for you is much bigger than we can ever grasp or imagine or understand. He knows what's best for us. It's not fun in the process. No one likes to wait on the Lord. But he knows what's best. He's a good father. He's a good God. And even if things happen to us that are not good, the Bible says that he works all things to good for those who love him. 
And there are going to be seasons and times and things that happen to us that we will not have answers for. That will not be fair. That will not be awesomeness. But that doesn't change the character of who God is. It just means we're experiencing living in a fallen world. And that one day when we keep our hearts in that place where we trust God and we have faith and, and we walk the way that he calls us to walk, one day we are going to be with him in heaven. We're going to be in the new Jerusalem and the new earth and there's going to be no more sickness, no more pain, no more tears, no more lockdown, no more none of this stuff. And we're going to, maybe we're going to get all the answers or maybe we are not even going to have questions anymore because it's going to be so awesome to be in his presence. We're not going to care about what actually happened on earth anymore. Because we're going to be in this beautiful, glorious state that's going to be incredible. And I want to leave us with one key this morning. What is the one thing that I actually believe, and this is what the Lord told me, maybe He's taught you something else and that's incredible, then build on that. But one thing the Lord has taught me in how I can grow in my trust of Him particularly how I can grow in my faith and believe that, that he's going to have my back. That he is safe to trust. He is actually reliable to stand upon. Is to actually just spend time with him. I don't have a bigger revelation for you. I don't have a bigger word for you. This is what it comes down to. This is what faith comes down to. This is what trust comes down to. I have to spend time with the Father. I have to spend time with him. If I'm opening up my Bible once a week, it's not enough. If I come to church once a month, it's not enough. It's not enough. Can I just even say this? Even if I just read one scripture a day, that's great. Start there, please. Don't stay there. If I don't actually study the word of God, it's honestly not going to take my faith journey anywhere radical and anywhere amazing. There is a difference between reading the word and studying the word. Now you go, okay, well, that sounds like a lot of work. Well, just get a good study Bible. Like, can we just be really practical? I talk to our team all the time and I say, get a good study Bible. This is a beautiful study Bible. You go and read and it gives a summary in the beginning of the Bible of the book, it explains the author, the date. It explains the purpose of the book. It explains the characteristics of the book. What was the audience? Even under all the little scriptures, there's explanations. This is where God's character became known to me. This is honestly where I started learning, and I'm still in that place of learning because trust is an ever journey all the time. But if, for example, we do pre-marriage counseling with couples, Okay, so before you get married, you come and learn what does the Bible actually say about marriage so that I can prepare myself for marriage. So that I don't have to sit with marriage problems or surprises when I'm married that, hey, I didn't actually know that I was supposed to do this. And one of the things we always say to couples is become a student of your future spouse. I had to become a student of Johannes. I have to study. No, he's so happy. I have to study... What is he like? What makes Johannes tick? He's different than a lot of other guys. I can't assume he likes everything that every other guy that I knew liked. He actually has very particular tastes and particular things that he likes. 
But I wouldn't know that if I'm not spending time with him. If I'm not studying him. What is he like? What is he not like? What really frustrates him? How does he like things in the house? Actually, he's very chilled. So yeah, sometimes you have to go really deep to study someone. But it's the same in our relationship with the Lord. And can I just give us some practical tips? You know, I'm not, you know, mythical. I like to be very practical. Tell me what I need to do and I'll do it so I can grow, so I can get to that next place. Number one, I'm going to give us five steps. I know I've got a hundred lists, but five steps. How can I get to know the Lord better? Number one, what area are you struggling to trust God in at this moment? And if you're taking notes, you can write it down or you can think about it at home this week. Is there an area that you are finding yourself Yes, I don't, if I'm really honest, I don't know if I'm trusting the Lord in this area. It could be finance. Lord, I don't trust if I give that, you see, that, you know, I'll see the blessings that you're talking about. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe you're trusting the Lord for a spouse and you're not sure if he is going to come through for you. I was also that person. I don't see anyone, Lord. I'm even in the church and that, you know. That was an area where I struggled to trust the Lord in. Okay? What is it that you are struggling? Maybe you're not sure if the Lord loves you the same way he loves the person sitting next to you. They seem to be so blessed, but the Lord never does anything for me. What is the area you're struggling to trust the Lord in? Number two, what knowledge do you have about God and that area? So if you say, for example, you're trusting the Lord or you're struggling to trust the Lord in finance, well, what knowledge do you have about the Lord and finance? This is an opportunity to grow in knowledge, to, to grow in knowledge. Maybe you need to make a study about finance. Maybe you need to take the Bible. And I actually want to encourage you to take a physical Bible. And in the back or in the front, depending on what Bible, you have a concordance. So every word, if you want to look up money, if you want to look up finance, if you want to look up faithful, whatever, you will find a list of those scriptures. This is what I literally did in the beginning. And I still do it. In fact, to prepare for the sermon, I looked up the word trust and I looked at every single scripture that speaks about the trust of the Lord and how the Lord is reliable. And then I go and feed my spirit on that truth so I can grow in knowledge on that topic. Because you know, that's how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So make a study of that area. I mean, number three, listen to testimonies of other people in that area. I want to encourage us. You know what will damper your faith like nothing else? is being surrounded by people with no faith. Being surrounded with people with no testimonies. Surrounded by people that complain and talk about the issues and talk about the problems. There's nothing that drains me emotionally more than someone that just talks about the problems all day. Let's acknowledge a problem, but then what are we going to do about it? Are we going to pray? Are we going to fast? Are we going to meditate on scripture? What are we going to do? Are we going to take the Lord at his word or not? So listen to testimonies, because testimonies also carry the power of Jesus into our situation. Do you know when I was trusting the Lord for a spouse, I would go and sit with married couples 
in the church that I admire, that I knew, you know, the Lord brought them together and I would tell them, tell me about your testimony because I need to encourage my faith in the Lord. That's what I did. Number four, start to act. We need to start to move in faith and take small steps. What did I do? I also joined the pre-marriage preparation course at church. My pastor actually forced me into it. I wouldn't have gone. I thought it was really stupid and silly. But it was a prophetic step, and there were three single girls, and we were going to trust the Lord. Even if he didn't give us a spouse immediately, we were deciding to take a step of faith to prepare. Because in my knowledge, in my study and research, I realized I had to prepare myself for a spouse. Maybe you're trusting the Lord for something, and there's a place of preparing yourself for it. So I went to prepare myself. And it was amazing. I think a year after that, we were engaged. Okay. Number five, then I need to make a decision. <laughs> Johannes is dancing. Number five, you need to make a decision to trust. Okay, this is the bottom line. So I'm not telling you anything that you didn't know. I'm just encouraging you again this morning that trusting the Lord is actually just going to take a decision. God has given us enough proof of who He is. He's given us enough proof of who He wants to be to you. We just have to make a decision to trust. I mean, I want to pray for a group of people this morning, and I'm going to end the service there. And I want you to close your eyes this morning. And I want to ask if you are here this morning and there is a mountain in front of you. I really felt as I was preparing, the Lord showed me a mountain, like a little person standing in front of a mountain. And I want you, even the team, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to focus this morning. God is speaking to all of us today. Allow the Holy Spirit to just reveal something to you in this moment. If there is a mountain in front of you where you're not sure if you can trust the Lord fully, 100%, to remove the obstacle, to bring the breakthrough, to get to that place where you feel you need to be. Or it could be a circumstance. It could be something in your family. It could be something at work. All of us have mountains. All of us have obstacles. And I want you to be honest this morning. If you've looked at this mountain with your natural eyes, if you've looked at this mountain and you have thought about the ways that it can't happen, it can't break, it can't be released. It can't be done. I want you to raise your hand and no one's looking around. This is a moment for everybody. Because what we are going to do this morning is we're going we're gonna to repent for looking at it with natural eyes. We're going to repent and ask the Lord for forgiveness that we've just forgotten in this moment who He is who He wants to be and who He can be in that situation for you, in that mountain for you. And then we are going to make a decision 
to trust the Lord in this area. And we're going to give it over to Him, literally. We're going to take a prophetic step, a prophetic action. What is that? It is just literally doing something physically, because sometimes physical obedience brings spiritual release. And we're going to give it back to the Lord. And I have something that I'm putting my hand up for. And so, Father, I thank you this morning, Lord, that you see every hand and you know every heart. And I thank you, Father, that you know every single mountain, every single thing that we look at, and all we see is a mountain. All we see is an obstacle. And, Father, I thank you, Lord, that the Word says that you are the rock eternal. You are the rock of all ages. Lord, there is nothing that is bigger than you. There is no mountain that you cannot shake and break. There is no mountain that you cannot move. There is nothing that can come against your power in the name of Jesus. But Lord, you call us to a place where you want us to put our trust completely in you. You want us to look at your word and to believe your word and to believe in your goodness, to believe in your power and to believe in your wisdom, that you are who you say you are, that you are a faithful God, that you will take care of us and that you love us with an everlasting love. Psalm 20 says, some trust in horses or chariots, but that we will trust in the name of the Lord. And so I want you to pray this after me this morning. Lord Jesus, I confess today that I've looked at my circumstance. I've looked at this mountain with my natural eyes. I've relied on my own insight, my own understanding, my own reasoning. Today I am sorry, Lord. And I ask you to give me eyes of faith this morning. To help me see what you see. Show me in the Spirit what is going on and what you want to do. And I ask you, Father, to give me a promise from your word that I can hold on to. I want to be a studier of you. I want to know you more intimately. I want to walk by faith, not by sight. So today, I make a new decision. I make a new commitment to fix my eyes on you, to fix my heart on your word, to believe every promise, and to trust you in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for every person in this room, Father, and I pray, Lord, that we will walk out of here today with a new commitment in our hearts. Lord, to trust you like we've never trusted you before, to believe you like we've never believed you before. Lord, to look at every promise in your word and to know, to know that we know that we know that your answer is yes and amen in Jesus Christ. 
Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just fill every person again afresh this morning. Lord, help them see with spiritual eyes. Help them walk with feet of faith. Lord, feet that are willing to go where you are sending us to go. And Lord, I thank you that mountains will move as we put our trust in you. Lord, I thank you that faith will take us to places that we've never even imagined. And I pray, Lord, that we will walk in faith, that we will not go by what we see, but that we will go by your word. We will go by who you say you are. And we thank you today that you're a good God, that you're a faithful God, that you are completely trustworthy, that you are completely reliable. And even if people or institutions fail us, Lord, that we will not trust in that. We will not trust in men. We will not trust in horses. We will not trust in chariots. But we will trust in the name of the Lord. We thank you and we bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you, church.